his superstitious grandmother, women who aren't quite what they seem, children turning into mice? All this can mean one thing. We're comparing the witches on this episode of Retro vs. Remake. Parker. And I'm Dan Bulick. Welcome to another episode of Retro vs. Remake, the series where we compare movies and their remakes. Join us as we answer the question, should this remake exist? Today's films are The Witches, starting with the original, which came out in 1990, starring Angelica Houston, Mae Zetterling, Jason Fisher, Charlie Potter, Jane Horrocks, and Rowan Atkinson, directed by by Nicholas Rogue, screenplay by Alan Scott, and music by Stanley Myers. Witches 2020, starring Anne Hathaway, Octavia Spencer, Jazir Kadeem Bruno, Cody Lee Eastick, Kristen Chenoweth, Stanley Tucci, and Chris Rock. Directed by Robert Zemeckis, screenplay by Robert Zemeckis, Kenya Barris, and Guillermo del Toro. Music by Alan Silvestri. And both of these films are based on the 1983 Rolled Doll novel. We haven't done Rolled Doll since our first episode, Reggie, when we did Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, it's been some so. time with uh, his works. <laughs> I don't know if there's any other remakes um, of any of his other writings, but... Uh, I know we'll find, there's know. a BFG movie. I don't know if there's like an original, though. Yeah. We'll see. Okay, so Reggie, what is your first experience with either film? I didn't even know these movies existed until you said something <laughs> on the last podcast. Well, you know, that's not fair. I did, did hear about um, the remake, right? Because HBO Max has been pushing their streaming service. That was one of the movies that they were, like, pushing. Um, I was aware of it. Like, uh, uh, my wife's kind of into the occult a little bit. So, like, I've seen Witches of Eastwick and stuff like that. But I have not seen these particular witches I um, was not even aware that Roald Dahl had written about witches, but now I know. Nice. Uh, you're welcome, by the way. Um, I had um, seen the original way back in the day, probably when it was on regular HBO. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I watched it a lot as a kid, the original film. I just remembered that whole thing. It just, I don't know, it just captured my imagination. So I watched it a lot. It was one of the first movies I remember recording with the VCR when I learned how to finally use that stupid thing. So, um, yeah, I have a fondness for the original film just because I do remember watching it when I was so young. And then the remake, I didn't know about. I didn't even know it existed until, like, one day I was just walking by and then Sam's, like, watching something. I'm like, that's exactly, like, this movie, The Witches, one that I used to watch when I was a kid. And I was like, oh, my God, it is. It's, it's the remake. Oh, we got to do an episode about this. Oh, yeah. So that's why I suggested it last week. So I, I purposefully stayed away so I would have a fresh set of eyes. Perfect. All right, so these, film, these films are very similar, but there are some small differences. We'll get into that, but first, a brief synopsis. After his parents were killed in a car accident, our boy protagonist has to live with his grandmother. She's very kind, gives him mice, and tells him all about witches, how they look, how they act, and how they despise children. She even recalls a time in her life she lost a friend because of a witch. The boy even sees a witch, but luckily was able to get away. The pair eventually decide 
stay at a high-class hotel. The boy brings his mice and makes a friend with the, the always-eating Bruno. However, right after the pair arrive, the Grand High Witch and a large group of witches also decide to stay at the hotel. The boy decides to do some mouse training in a ballroom, but hides when the Grand Witch and all her witches gather. They reveal their true identities, and the Grand High Witch unveils her master plan. She wants to get rid of all children. She will have the witches sell candy infused with a magical potion and sell that to children so that they will turn into mice. Bruno stops by, and all the witches get a demonstration of the potion. Our protagonist is also found and turned into a mouse, too. Bruno and the protagonist go to the grandmother, and they plan to stop the Grand High Witch. They get her mouse potion and pour it into soup that's specially made for all the witches. Their plan works, and the witches all turn into mice. Then each movie has their own respective ending, which we will definitely get into. Alright, so since these films are very similar, I think the best place to start is the characters, and which better character than a movie called The Witches than our grand high witch. In the original film, she's portrayed by Angelica Houston, and she actually has a name, Eva Ernst. And then in the remake, she's portrayed by Anne Hathaway, but she doesn't have a name. You see, girls? He would exterminate those brats! It's just called the Grand High Witch. Um, where do you want to start with these comparisons? Yeah, so, um... We haven't really talked about, uh, obviously this is our first character, we didn't talk about sort of the witch descriptions uh, that we get from the grandma and the boy, but uh, I would say that the Grand High Witches in both films sort of embody what each respective character um, does. So I think we'll a good place to start is basically the look, right? Um, yeah, I agree. There, I agree. <laughs> there are some things that are consistent between these two films and there are some things that uh, are changed. Um, the original is more in line with what Roald Dahl kind of had in mind, um, which is, let's see, so rules about witches. Witches, they got like claw hands, right? So they have uh, gloves. Their feet look like basically like the toes were cut off. So like they have these like stump feet. Mm -hmm. It's pretty consistent that they have wigs and they get these sores in their heads from their, their wigs uh, because witches don't have hair. Um, in the original with uh, Angelica Huston, the uh, witches have big noses. Um, so that is a difference. And um, in effect, that I actually liked in this original movie, the witches have this sort of purple hue to their eyes. So if you're looking close enough, you'll see like this tinge of purple. And um, that is very apparent when we see Angelica Huston's kind of big reveal in, in the film where she's uh, she's got this like black velvet dress that she wears um, very much in line with some of the characters that she's played in the past. She's been our uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Morticia Adams in the past so she's right. handling that um, and we get to see some really cool effects and I'm sure that's why as a kid you probably enjoyed this. I'll let you kind of take over the uh, yeah. aesthetics. Sure. As the Grand High Witch, she looks a little more of a traditional witch than um, all the other witches. And they did a great makeup slash prosthetic job of what they did for Angelica Houston. Just like she like has this like creepy old shriveled face with like an elongated nose and it's just like covered 
her whole head and makeup. She's got like a hump attached to her now. And then it's like, you know, she's kind of wearing not too low cut, but it's somewhat low cut her, um, her top. So it like, it has to go down like the makeup job. So it's not just her face. It's like kind of the upper part of her torso as well. And then her talons are also not like regular flesh color. They're a little bit like, um, I don't know, like a dark kind of pink, really. It's yeah. not really like a, her original flesh tone. She's wearing, a, she's the witch that's wearing a mask. Every other witch is just wearing the wig, but she has the wig and the mask. So she looks like one of those old, like, witches from, like, Hamlet or something, you know, sure. just double, double, toil and trouble. She looks really good, and it's just, it's an amazing job. I definitely gotta give a shout-out to the Jim Henson production company for what they did, because, once again, they just top tier when it comes to, like, though like makeup and just like prosthetics and everything like i'm a huge ninja turtles fan huh? and uh, you know what they did in that movie to make those turtles in the first film look so good it's it's just amazing um what they did to her and to make her look like a witch and this was the last film he worked on before he passed away he would pass away later that year um him and roald Dahl both died um when this movie came out or around the time this movie came out so uh, just an amazing job and just and you know i'm all about the practical effects and it's obviously no cgi in this original film and it's just it just looks amazing um it's just yeah just she that's a witch that's exactly what a witch should look like and it's yeah it's different from the way anne hathaway's witch looks in that she still has talons but now they cgi'd out pretty much her middle and um ring finger so she only has like her index and pinky and then, so she looks like she's always just like rock and roll, man, or <laughs> doing something they like do, that. They do this like strange clacking with their uh, their fingers, like instead of uh, snaps, it's like this weird like talon clack. I thought that was cool. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, it's so it's weird, and like I don't know if the other witches can do it, but she can also like stretch out her arms a little bit, and they just keep growing. And sure, witches, why not? Um, the other witches, while they have their toes stumps there instead of toes she still has like one toe that's kind of like a claw so that's a interesting <laughs> design choice there but her main uh feature is like she doesn't take her face off like they're all all the witches have this um where on the sides of their lips like their heath ledger in the dark night um their whole their mouths open up wider than just um where their lips are it goes beyond almost to their their cheeks so that they can eat the children, I suppose. Um, so that's just, that was just an interesting look. Um, I just think it's weird that you have all these women walking around with all the same scars and like nobody's like, oh, that's, that's, that's weird that all these women have like a scar here. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the look. So she still looks very much like Anne Hathaway. I think mm -hmm. maybe her teeth are a little more like pointed. Yeah, there's... She yeah, she's almost got this, uh, I, I don't know how to describe it. it. Like, demonic's not the right word, but, like, it is sort of, like, there's something clearly different about her. Yeah, it's like this uncanny valley thing going on. I'll just go with shark teeth. It's uh, kind of yeah. like shark teeth. Uh, but she still very much looks like Anne Hathaway, just no wig, you know, or no hair on top of her head. And her mouth's opening up bigger than usual. Yeah. Um, so just look-wise, I think that's pretty much the two looks of the witches. Did I miss anything? I don't think so.
I think you nailed the uh, the looks portion of it. I'll, I'll say this: that uh, both movies pull off this effect that like the Grand High Witch is in a tier of her own. Like we've done all these different effects and makeup, or CGI, and the other movie for everyone else. But like they do a very good job in both films of making this very specific person look like you know who's in charge basically. Yeah, and, you know we talked about these uh, these practical effects, and I think they like it works better for Angelica Houston. Like, there's just some, um, maybe it's that traditional thing that you're saying, like, she reads as kind of, like, witchy, right? Like, she, mm-hmm. uh, from the moment you see her, you kind of know what you're getting here. Versus, like, in the remake, they almost have to redefine a witch. Um, I I think uh, part of it is to stay away from different, like, tropes that could be kind of harmful, like, with mm-hmm. noses and things like that. Uh, we'll just leave it at that. Um, and it's, it's a cool kind of... Um, remake you know even like her clothes have like the, the living snake on the robe and stuff like that like that right. that's really cool but it's just like what is that <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, i don't know what, i don't know what that is um <laughs> and it's like all right you told me it's a witch and i like i'll take that at face value but it's not what i'm used to seeing and angelica houston has this advantage of um like i said before we've seen her play witchy characters and uh she mm-hmm. she did it again and she, i mean this this might be one of her best um performances because it's just so striking like that makeup job like her whole demeanor mm-hmm. and everything like that like she really um in my opinion was like kind of like leaps and bounds above just like visually um versus i think uh Anne hathaway's character relied a little bit more on like her sort of persona and acting like she's taking on this this very strange <laughs> moving accent like it just <laughs> it's never uh, <laughs> it's never static and, and um it, it's interesting it's just two different approaches right yeah um i guess Anne hathaway just has to kind of convey more that she's a green witch just for the performance alone because she doesn't have that look i mean it's such a great look that angelica houston has so she has to kind of convey it by just the way she talks to the other witches and just how she's commanding the room and everything and yeah you're right that accent uh <laughs> and hathaway you know it's pretty good actress overall but sometimes like, she she's in a lot of movies where she has an accent sometimes it's just like why are you doing so many movies where you have an accent it's, like, <laughs> it's a little distracting sometimes I think um, yeah the, but the I think the highlight scene is that that garlic, like her garlic, 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 garlic. Like, hey, you know, if if you're gonna do a crazy accent, lean into it. That was. was And, but I mean, there's also some slight differences um, with her powers. Like I said before, like Anne Hathaway can stretch her talons as long as, I don't know, as long as she needs to, apparently. And then she could also fly. That's a big thing that we didn't see. And uh, I don't think that she has any other powers. Nothing, yeah, nothing to um, pronounce. Like you said, the flight... Um... I think there's a bit of uh oh wait i'm sorry there was one thing i missed um she, she they can smell children witches in both films but um while angelica Houston has the prosthetic nose 
um, Anne Hathaway, it's just when she's smelling for the protagonist, you know, her nose starts to grow in, in this CGI way, and it it just it doesn't look great. I don't think it looks great. <laughs> There's a they went with width over length, you know, um, which is you know it's fine, and you know the power is it's interesting because as you mentioned, it's sort of ill-defined, but we know she can sort of fly. We know that she can make herself kind of bigger or longer, whatever the situation calls for. So I felt that what the remake does well is one, I think that the, the design itself is actually kind of cool and modernized. Again, I don't necessarily read it as which, but like it's a interesting kind of take on that, um, getting away from like the old sort of witchy tropes. And I think that it works well when she really just kind of like sharing that screen time by herself, her face is getting bigger, her expressions are just out there. I think that she's really good at just like, when her powers are on, being the witch, um, like we mentioned, the accent is like all over the place. So that's, it's kind of funny. It's kind of like, you know, off-putting because I'm like, what? I, I don't, it's hard for me to, <laughs> to hold on to that character versus uh, Angelica Houston, who I think just, I don't know, like you didn't have to tell me she was the Grand High Witch, right? Like you just, just saw her like oh yeah that's her <laughs> like, <laughs> like she clearly in command um she also you know she's got this like uh accent going on but like it really just it doesn't matter what she says you know it's just like it's the way she carries herself and right it, it's a very powerful performance in that way that you know i i really can't recall too many words that she said maybe besides like the potion but like just i i knew just there she is. That's that is the Grand High Witch. That's how I had it in my head, and uh, here it is, live and in person. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, um, just yeah, she just gives a great performance. I'm gonna get into that in a second. Uh, so overall, the prosthetics, I think, look of Angelica Houston. Just I think that's I like that look a lot better. I appreciate what the remake did because they are trying to kind of reinvent it but I just thought it was weird that all the witches had the scarring thing maybe if it was just Anne Hathaway who had it that way that can kind of like you know separate her a little bit more from all the other witches like she has the extra toe maybe she's the only one with the mouth that can open up that wide I don't know but you know it's they tried but you, you just can't top that original I just really like that look and what they did and Jim Henson oh man so good but um going to the performance now yeah i guess i'll just kind of focus on in that ballroom scene when they're all full out witches and everything i demand maximum results so it's it's great what angelica houston does in that scene because she kind of is just very sort of casual in the way she kind of carries herself like the whole movie she is very she does have this like presence about her like everybody's just like fixated on her like who is she like who's this woman like she just has like this aura and it's just like very i don't know like dominant or something for lack of a better term but she's just yeah so she just has this pretty dominant um attitude pretty much every time she's uh got the mask on but then when she takes the mask off she's a lot more lax she leans a lot she's a lot more casual <laughs> which yeah. is such an interesting way to to present that witch because like she's now she's in the room and she's got all these witches and she's going to command it but she's just kind of like now we have to get the child and it's like she's so 
I don't know. She's just so relaxing. It's such an interesting take on the witches. Yeah. Instead of just being up there and booming, like, we're going to destroy the kids. Instead of doing it like that, um, she just does it so relaxed. And I really like that approach and just the way she carries herself. I'm not sure if it's because the prosthetics were just so much for her. She couldn't really do much, but it worked for me. I really liked what she did in that original film. I, I think you're right. And maybe it is because of prosthetics, but like even with that, just the choice... It's like, all right, I'm taking off the mask. I'm not doing that. I, I don't have to hide anymore. Okay, ladies, <laughs> we got a kid's <laughs> problem. And I don't feel like you're doing your job. And I think also the way the women in the movie are reacting to her is yeah. part of it, too. You know, um, I felt like the Anne Hathaway, I really did like the, um, the introduction, right? Like the way they all kind of marched in. And they're like mm -hmm. single file behind her and filing in behind her. Like it was a very, it was one of the stronger scenes in the movie. I thought that like there was just something very striking about like this group of bald women walking in, like almost like marching in, really, uh, right. like like an army, really. Um, and that was cool, right? Like that was cool. But like there was something about like when when Angelica Houston said something, people would like cower and they would you know they would really. Mm -hmm. They were really afraid of her, which was, to your point, a cool juxtaposition to like this. <sighs> like, what are you talking? Are you talking? <laughs> Zap. Put the fuck up back there. I'm, I'm busy. I, I just thought that, um, there, you know, look, the visual CGI advantage, sure, there's over there, but like, like you mentioned, that practical effect, like, you know, you're not looking at something fake. You know, the time and effort went into that. You know, that, like, that. It, Henson, like you mentioned, just at his best. Uh, it reminded me, as it should, of like the labyrinth and stuff like that. It was just like, look at mm. this cool visual effect, and uh, even the way they work the camera with uh, with mm -hmm. the prosthetics. Right. You know, when people are becoming small, for instance, like the camera angles are interesting. They really zoom into Angelica Houston's right. prosthetics as she talks, and it just it, it captures you. It's a very, like I said, striking is um, it's kind of the word that draws me there even when it feels like angelica's not doing that much i, I don't know like you said dominance command they're just it mm -hmm. like i said she feels like she's the person in charge she's got this air of mystery everyone in the hotel is like who is this person and it's not a, like i said before it's not about what she's saying it's about what she's doing and i think that's the mm -hmm. big plus in, the, in that first movie yeah i think you brought up a good point um just the craziness, the frenzy that the other witches were in in that original film. They do have a lot of like camera shots of the other witches' reactions, uh, especially during her speech. I don't feel like they really did that a lot uh, in the remake. I feel like it was mostly focused on Anne Hathaway, but like in the original film, like when that person's like, how are we going to kill all the kids? And then you just see all the witches like, oh shit, oh <laughs> shit, something's going to happen. And then they're all like, they're all getting like all giddy. Like she's going to do it. She's going to do the thing. And just seeing their reactions. And yeah, it's those close zooms that are kind of like horror movie kind of like right. weird angles from like B horror movies and stuff like that. So it's like really like in their face and you get to see like the, the disgusting like teeth and all that stuff. Yes. Very long! And it was just, yeah, just like, you felt like you were there, like, with them, like, in that frenzy. Like, what's she gonna do? Oh, she's gonna fry her. Oh, okay. So, it's, like, really cool just, like, to have all their reactions and then just to see how giddy the other witches are. And I feel like they didn't really do that too much in the remake. No, no I think that, um, 
the remake is and you know rightfully so you know star power and sort of modern movies mm -hmm. they're focused on their look we got Anne Hathaway <laughs> we paid Anne Hathaway <laughs> money um we're gonna do Anne Hathaway stuff and like in a good way she's chewing up scenery <laughs> like she's just mm -hmm. she's dove into whatever this is and like I said I can't quite put my finger on what that is supposed to be but like whatever she was doing it was it was working but um again this this original film they put their money behind excuse me they put their mouth where their money was which was the prosthetics which was that they had to you know they had to work on like how something needs to be shot with this type of makeup how you can make things look dynamic even when they're not so we're talking about kind of like movie making right like that's <laughs> that's ultimately um when you go that route with prosthetics puppets and all that stuff like you gotta you gotta do some tricks you gotta really like uh dive in and, and you know we're not at this point in the conversation but there's also more um depth of some of the characters that aren't in that room um mm -hmm. that actually add to some of the tension like the way it's set up in the original film that door it's a thin door between them and like society and like that feels more <laughs> apparent there so it's all this noise and craziness and this the yelling's happening i'm like dude is someone gonna like walk in like what like <laughs> you're worried about that i wasn't worried about that with Anne Hathaway. I, you know mm -hmm. um honestly i wasn't even that worried about like the kid because even the way the kid was set up in that room wasn't the same you know like Right. This, the original film felt like there was tension for people that weren't kind of like the main characters versus this remake where it was like it was pretty singularly focused like we mentioned on like Hathaway and what she was doing and, and I felt like it took some of the tension out of that scene for me um, really to me there wasn't really much tension at all in that scene it was more like this visual kind mm -hmm. of feast and um, right. I don't know there's Again, we're making a movie. We're, we're talking about these sort of interpersonal connections and stuff like that. Like the original film just feels like I got to be worried about that kid. I got to be worried about you know the women in the room. <laughs> you know, it's like it, this is the scene feels like there's more depth uh, in my opinion. Fair enough. Um, don't really have much to add about that scene or just their performances in particular. Um, I do want to just say, like, I applaud the uh, the makeup job again. Like, there's this one scene in the original film where, like, Angelica Houston's in her room, and then she's going to take her face off. And then there's somebody at the door. So, like, she's holding up a face mask. You can clearly see it's a mask. And then, like, the camera in, like, one shot, like, pans around and, like, comes back to her. And then she's just, like, putting on her, like, real face. It was just a really quick cut and I, I rewound that because I was like wait that was all in one take or just edited to make it look like it was one cut it was really clever it reminded me of like the in-laws like when uh, <laughs> I was like wait he's did he just jump on that car <laughs> in one one shot so um yeah just some creative editing and just I love the practical effects uh, Angelica Houston's performance is great you know Anne Hathaway I thought she did a pretty good job but you know just what we had in that original film just to recreate that or it's tough stuff it's yeah. tough to follow up it, it was smart to not try to do it the same way but at the same time it's yeah. like uh that's just big shoes to fill right like you know mm -hmm. we're talking about angelica houston like that a whole generation's worth of like <laughs> um characters and, and stuff like that like she 
she just embodied that witchy sort of um, demeanor, you know, um, this kind of like mysterious, tall, like slim, like this, again, it was a whole look, it was a whole vibe. And um, the remake makes, makes its own choices. And I think that some of those choices work, uh, but they're, they're kind of behind eight ball because the original did that scene so well. Um, mm -hmm. so I thought the kind of living snake robe thing was a nice touch, but mm -hmm. um, you know, you didn't even have to do that, right? In the original, she just had to wear like a dress. <laughs> she just had to take off a mask. Like it, it was more compelling than like a flying, long-armed creature, right? Like it was just like her just being herself was mm -hmm. like, well, all right, well, what's about to happen next, right? That, that, that's hard to pull off in a you know points of the original for uh for that particular character and scene, even though Anne Hathaway did a good job. Yeah, she did a good job, but. Definitely better in the original. Yep. I'll leave it at that. I will give the remake this though. When uh, Anne Hathaway fries um, that witch, it looks a lot better than the original film. <laughs> yeah. While the original film has great practical effects, the animated effects of lasers and lights, you know, you let it slide because the prosthetics look so good, but it definitely didn't age well when she has to fry that other witch in the original film. That pink light. Oh, that was weird. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Um, and maybe maybe we'll we'll talk some more about effects as we go because I have some opinions yeah, I'm about sure we will. that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm sure we will. Uh, anything else about the witches or the head witches, or should we move on to other characters? No, nah, we can move on. Okay, I kind of paired uh, the boy and the grandmother together because I really feel like you can't talk about one without talking about the other. All right, in the original film, May Zetterling as Helga. Evesham. Real witches are quite bold. Although, of course, they wear wigs. And Jason Fisher as Luke Evesham. You said it was an accident. A very unpleasant accident. And then in the remake, we have Octavia Spencer as just the grandmother. No name. You'll be comfy here. Your mama's all wrong. I'd do anything for her to be here right now. And then Jazir Kadeem Bruno as Hero Boy. He also has no name. So we have two unnamed protagonists. But we also have Chris Rock as a narrator. My story begins when I was a young boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we can get into that. Um, but let's just focus on the, the in-flesh actors, not the voiceover actor yet. Sure. Um, okay, so I'm going to start with the grandma. I'm going to start with the original film, Grandma. Okay. <laughs> We're introduced to her, to Helga. Um, the first thing Grandma is doing that we see her doing is just telling Luke about witches for no reason at all. <laughs> hey, guess what, grandson? <laughs> There's a bunch of witches out there. This is what they look like, and they hate you, and they want to kill you. And this is, like, right before you're supposed to go to bed or something. <laughs> She's just telling him random shit about witches. And, you know, I get it, it's called The Witches, but is that really how we want to start? <laughs> this whole lady just sounding crazy, talking about witches? I, I thought the start was uh, was odd as well. Like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, <laughs> what is this, like, kind of, like, scaremongering, like, story? <laughs> Why is it being told? Um, there's elements when... Um, when the parents are like, why are you telling? Like, seriously, why are you yeah, telling yeah. this story? <laughs> <laughs> like, 
like and and honestly like um i'm not gonna lie because i don't have the same sort of nostalgia factor uh that i think you did i was just like wait a minute <laughs> i i don't get why this is happening so it took me a little bit of time to get into the movie i i thought that the story that she told like kind of about her experience with witches was when I was like, okay, we're we're pulling this back in, but this disembodied voice and then like coming into like this, you know, little nerdy kind of glasses kid, bespectacled kid, listening to this <laughs> off like crazy <laughs> recounting of like, and you can't trust the witch and don't, you know, like don't get caught after after midnight <laughs> if a witch ate. Yeah, if you clean yourself, it's even worse because then you they can really smell boy, and they think you smell like dog droppings, and that that part, right? Like, why droppings? (laughs) It it made it hard for me to, um, and I think I I struggled with this with both films. It made it hard for me to figure out like who it was for. You know, like was this for kids? Was it for adults? Like, I, I was a little confused about. The content in uh, its <laughs> intended audience. <laughs> well, I can, I think it's made for kids because I loved it as a kid. But I, I always missed the beginning when I watched it as a kid. And now rewatching it as an adult. Yes, it's very shocking that the first thing you see Grandma do is just randomly telling Luke, you know, for no reason. It's not like he saw a witch. He didn't bring up witches at all. And he's just nighttime story, I guess. That's how they're kind of getting away with This is a bedtime story just to help you sleep. You have this scary thing. That I'm saying is real. <laughs> this is a real thing you need to worry about now. Don't take strangers, don't or candy from strangers, and watch out. There's witches. It's yeah. like Jesus, Grandma, just landing on a little thick there. So I just, I just wanted to talk about her introduction because it is bizarre. She kind of hits this witch thing in the beginning, and then she just kind of stays there the rest of the yeah. movie. <laughs> I mean, when your grandmother pulls out her stump, I'm like, yeah, witch took my uh, <laughs> took my pinky. That's I'm right. Like, I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) You see this? It was from a witch. That's why I don't have a finger. Oh, it's like, damn, Grandma. I'm like 10. Can you ease up a little bit? It's interesting because she kind of gets this background that we don't quite seem to remake. She's kind of like already has some like witch hunting experience, I guess. In the remake? Or or in the original, right? Like, or or I don't know. Like, clearly, I don't want to say that she's a witch hunter, but I, I mean, she's encountered witches. And she's like, she's lost some skin in that game. Um, you know, outside she lost of the friend, she talked, yeah, she talked about the friend who gets in the painting in the original film and the, the remake. It's a friend who turns to a chicken. Yeah. I, and I know we haven't introduced Octavia Spencer yet. I don't want to jump mm-hmm. too, too far in, but like, I thought the painting story was when it started to get compelling for me because uh, mm-hmm. the bedtime story was not compelling for me. It was confusing. And uh, I was like, I, I like you said, why am I why am I hearing this? Um, <laughs> but like that painting story, and I think this is a difference between these two films, um, gave me this sense of um, mystery, right? Like, were they actually? Is she actually in the painting? Is are these guys just seeing it? Because they would always say they never saw um, her friend that got went missing, ended up in a painting. They would always mm-hmm. say that like uh, we never saw it move. But, you know, one day you wake up, she's not there or she's feeding chickens. And I'm just like, okay, like, is this real or is this like something that's in your head, right? Like, um, there was a bit of that mystery versus in the remake. You turn somebody into a chicken, you turn somebody into a chicken, you know? 
<laughs> Fair enough. Um, I mean, that's all I have to say about the grandmother in the original because she just is just kind of this. Because she's a one note yeah, character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. She just talks about witches, and then that's where she is. Uh, and then we have, you know, Jason Fisher as Luke. Um, I don't really know what to say. I I don't want to be too cruel because I know he's a child actor, but I don't think he was that great <laughs> his performance. Um, especially like when he would like cry out for grandma, like for help, like, grandma, grandma. It's just it it, it wasn't great. <laughs> um, no. it was an okay performance, I guess overall. Yeah. Um, this is a, an aside kind of, but like when I the credits were rolling because I was watching with Pre and um. Uh, and I looked his name. I read it completely wrong. I was like, who's Jason Fisher? <laughs> she was like, really calling me an idiot, which uh, is fair. Because it was a dumb thing to say. But I was like, well, it's spelled a little different. And um, that really was the highlight of, of Jason or Jason Fisher <laughs> for me. Um, I mean, visually, like, I don't know. Like, I, I didn't... I didn't, you know, like I said, I'm not trying to be cruel about the child actor. I didn't really like his look. He didn't feel like, um, mm -hmm. you know, he kind of looked like an extra from like the Little Giants, and he never really rose to uh, Little never Giants. Rose, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he never really rose to the uh, that hero feeling for me. He just kind of felt like right. He was yeah. there. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah. Even when he was doing the stuff at the end to, you know. To, get the witches, give the witches their comeuppance. It still never felt like, you know, he, he was leading in charge, but I don't know. I just never fully bought in that this is our hero and that he's doing it. He's getting it done. I don't, I don't know. Something about him. I just, maybe just this performance. I just couldn't, I don't know. I couldn't buy it. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, um, this is, uh, this is the weak point of the original, which is crazy to say, but like mm -hmm. it, the two main protagonists, are yes. <laughs> kind of the weakest characters in the film. And because mm -hmm. uh, like the grandma, like she's competent when it comes to like talking about witches, but then the moment right. she's, she's, she's like feckless, oh I can't the the uh the knitting got too far. What do I do? Oh no. And it's just like mm -hmm. somebody's gotta be <laughs> taking the, the reins here. Um mm -hmm. I guess Jason got a little bit better as he became um We'll talk about it, as he became a mouse, but um, he was better as a mouse than a boy for sure. <laughs> but I don't know, even like the mousy parts in the original to me, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't really loving them. You know, like I just, I think yeah. you're right. I think it's the voice, it's the demeanor. He just didn't strike me as hero boy, as it were. You know, mm -hmm. versus yeah, he looks like he'd be great. I was gonna say he looks like he'd be great cast as friend who always has bad allergies. He looks like yeah. that's just his look, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just a guy like and now now I am being cruel. Uh a guy's like looking for like <laughs> uh ointment at summer camp, you know, like that, that yeah. I don't know, like uh, Yeah, yeah. And and like oh sorry. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, there's no real depth to their characters, you know. Um I'll start at the beginning like you know his parents die and like we see him when he has parents and we see him when he when his parents pass away in the car accident and at all like my parents both just died and he's like it's okay i got grandma's pretty much he, like shrugs it off 
So it's like, man, <laughs> it's like, I, like I get it's a kids film, but we don't want to go into how dark it is that your parents could have died. But can I get something? I mean, it's, I'm not getting any type of mourning from this kid or just like sadness. I kind of get a frown, a frown. It's it's true. Like, um, and part of the reason I even like recall that is because of how well they do it in the remake. Like, um, right. There, there, right. There's nothing there, right? You're right. There's no difference between, um. Your parents being alive or your parents being dead there's no mm -hmm. difference between you being in danger or you being safe like they're just right. these very 2d like there's no depth to these characters and right. i i like i almost pushed them aside in my brain as i'm watching the movie i'm like all right yeah the kid's gonna do whatever he's doing like i wonder what angelica houston's doing <laughs> or um you mentioned the, in uh the breakdown like roman atkinson's in the movie i'm like you know he has more intrigue yeah. in our, our main character and it's uh yeah, i can't oh. wait to talk about his character <laughs> oh i can't wait either <laughs> um, but yeah like uh i don't know like I, I struggle to find more to say because there really isn't much to say yeah i i i just agree with you they are definitely the weakest point in the original film um which is kind of flipped i would say in the remake um so once again we have Oh, I just lost the name, sorry. We have Octavia Spencer as grandmother and Jazir Kadeem Bruno as Hero Boy. That's how he's credited in <laughs> the credits, or at least on Wikipedia. And uh, yeah, I'll just start kind of where we kind of ended it, like when the parents die. Like that's how we are introduced to the hero or protagonist. Right. He's just upside down. Like you could tell something's off because like he's in the car, but the snow is going the opposite direction that it should be falling. And then the camera like writes itself. And then you see that he is upside down in a car accident. And then, yeah, you don't need the parents. So let's just start off the movie with them already passed away. We're not starting off with grandma talking crazy shit. <laughs> no, grandma has to figure out how am I, how am I going to help this boy? Cause like he is in, He's at the lowest point in his life right now, right? Got to pull him yeah. out of the depths of despair. That, that's grandma. That's what grandma should be doing. That's what grandma does in this movie. She does everything she can to try to just pull him out of that depression. And, you know, it's, it's going to be rough, but at least, you know, you got to eat something, you know? She, like, she plays some music for him. She makes her her finest um, chicken or I forget. Yeah, she cooks something for him. Cornbread at some point. It's a, uh... yeah, it works. Yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, his performance is great because his parents just died. He just looks completely miserable. Like, he's just completely numb to everything. He's just like, I don't care anymore. My parents are dead. Like, I don't want to eat. I'm just going to sit here. I don't care that you're playing. He's like, I don't care that you made me the best food. I don't care at all. And then he really he's able to convey that, you know? And he did so much better than what we saw in the original. Just conveying that sadness that loss i thought he did a really good job yeah i think that um you know in terms of sort of uh at first i was kind of on the fence because like i'm hearing this like chris rock narration right and uh right i, I, I turn, turn over to uh, my wife and i'm like hmm you think like <laughs> i was like is this one of those situations where you think chris rock's gonna be narrating this boy's life or or is this like kind of one and done type of scenarios <laughs> um and uh, it's kind of a mixed bag, actually. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, if you're going to do an insane introduction to witches, uh, the Chris Rock one is definitely preferable because, like... Yes. <laughs> if, 
you've got like this sort of classroom setting, a bunch of kids, and and like you don't see him at all, but you see the slideshow, and he's like, and this right. is what witches do, and their noses and their claws, and I'm like, okay, it's interesting. Um, and then like juxtaposition that, so like you said, um, him narrating this like kind of scene where it's like um, he's upside down in the car, and Chris Rock's like, I was wearing my seatbelt, my parents weren't, <laughs> right? <laughs> That, that's yeah. rough. That is rough. Even when Jazeera, uh, when they're, the firefighters are taking him out of the car, he's like screaming and reacting. And uh, you get that juxtaposition to, like you mentioned, the next scene with his grandmother where he's just like, he's numb. There's nothing left. And um, Chris Rock makes a reference that at some point she gets him to start kind of living again. And uh, it just it just builds up those two characters so much just better. Um you care about them. You really care about the yeah. grandmother, like really. Yeah. I tell you, Spencer. Like, there's. Phenomenal. Yeah, because like she's all he has left now, and then she's he's finally or she's finally gotten through to him, and then they're finally having fun, and then like there's one scene where they're dancing, but then she's she starts coughing a little bit, and then just the look of like terror on his face, just like uh oh, don't tell me this is gonna happen again. You just like you're just like no 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 nothing happened to grandma. Okay, we need this to to last this relationship right here so yeah you are really rooting for them early on absolutely and um you know there's illusions this is kind of a a period piece isn't the right word but uh, it's kind of a period piece like this is like um I, i've got this pegged around like the 60s maybe uh early i 70s. think he, i think they said 68 okay i think That's it might have even been outright stated yeah 1968 yeah which is, which is cool like um it doesn't really matter uh, when it is, to be honest, but like uh, you get some cool costume design and stuff like that, and I thought uh, it came into play when they went to the hotel at some point. But uh, it, I just thought that Octavia Spencer really, like, really shown in this role. And to your point, that first scene where she's dancing and he's not dancing, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, there's there's some heart in this role. There's some depth right. here. And uh, like you said, when she wasn't feeling good, like, oh shit, like. Uh, we get, again, our, our second intro to witches because uh, Chris Rock already said, look out for witches. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then um, you know, uh, you've got this shady character outside the house that's basically placed um, a curse or a hex on her. And mm -hmm. it kind of moves the movie along to where we're like, okay, now this is why we're going to the hotel. And like both films have that, but it matters more in this remake because we're not just worried about like the kid, right? We're worried about her. Right. And mm -hmm. I think that's important when you only have, like you mentioned, one person left of authority and yeah. you're that young. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. It's funny too, because in the remake, she, you know, she starts having some coughing fits, but nothing too serious where she like needs a doctor or goes to the hospital. In the original, she faints or something happens. And then like a doctor comes to the house and, I wasn't worried for like one second or, or anything because like you know you barely know the relationship between the kid and the grandmother and it's like again you know not to crap on him but the kid's reaction you'll be fine grandma it's like all right <laughs> if he's not worried i'm not worried man <laughs> so it's just yeah it's just just a much better much much more solid foundation between the boy and the grandmother in the in the remake for sure definitely one of the best parts the remake and one of the strongest parts complete yeah. reverse from the original and, 
and with like the um her backstory with the witch like okay we don't get the stuff right but uh but, <laughs> but you know we get like this direct contact right like she had a friend they're walking back and uh you know she's kind of got her her signature line uh about lollygagging you know stop lollygagging and stuff um and like we see direct uh witch activity this kid just mm -hmm. became a, a chicken and like <laughs> what and like she was pretty close to being chick chickenified or whatever they were saying herself and like um you know, I, I just think that it's much more direct, although I kind of mm -hmm. preferred the story in the original of the painting because right. I thought that magic was more interesting to me. Um, it was like mm -hmm. ill-defined and kind of like, you know, I don't know, being cursed in a painting is, both are bad, but like the painting thing felt like, that know, seems mysterious. like that seems really terrible. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, right, I wouldn't right. want to be trapped in a painting, man. Like, how does that work? Like the chicken thing kind of... Uh, how bad is it? Because we realize uh, as it's more consistent because uh, witches are turning things into animals. Right. Like, apparently, being an animal isn't that bad. <laughs> so, like the painting well, thing was until uh, until you know when they have to eat. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so. that's, true. that's true. like I was thinking about that the whole time when that girl turned her chicken. Like, oh my god, her family's gonna eat her. This is yeah. so fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you're right. You're right. <laughs> But um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, the choices that they made made the story more personal is what we're getting at. And right. the Octavia Spencer and Jazeera sort of uh, combination, it's just, I mean, it's not, we're not even in competition. Like, they're leaps mm -hmm. and bounds better than uh, Jason Fisher and, um, and uh, was it, and Mai's uh, character. We just, we just are. Like, I, I don't even have to points. <laughs> points, you know. <laughs> I will say you're definitely right with uh, that. It's a more direct connection because not only you know does she physically see like her friend turning to a chicken, but you also see the witch. You see Anne Hathaway's witch back yes. then. You don't see um, Angelica Houston's witch back in the flashback. You just see some random. So there's no direct connection between those two it's implied like over the years of i've seen you it's like well we didn't see that shit so i don't know what you're fucking talking about but we have seen anne hathaway looking at a young octavia i i think that's a great point because you've got this double benefit of the grandmother having direct contact having a close friend mm -hmm. uh taking mm -hmm. it back to being a kid right the grandmother is young so, like, clearly witches do go after children. She's had direct mm -hmm. experience with that. And it's the witch that we're going to see later. <laughs> I, which gives this legacy. Like, she looks the same age. Um, mm -hmm. We've seen her powers in action. We've seen that the grandmother really can't do anything about it. Um, it, it look, it's, it's like pro wrestling. Like, you just, the heel just got their bump from the, uh, <laughs> the baby face, right? So, um, no, it's... It, it's a smarter sequence. Like I said, I, in theory, prefer the painting just because I thought it was a cooler mm -hmm. story. But like in execution, come on, man, it's a, it's a yeah. remake. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm just gonna mention one other thing. We talked about how the grandmother in the original was the one like telling her grandson about witches, like just off right off the bat. At least in the remake, um, Jazir's like, 
I saw something really weird at the grocery store, Grandma. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to show you some weird shit in this room right now. And I'm just going to lay a whole world of weird on you. You know? But, you know, she waited. (laughs) Chris Rock narration. Yeah. So, you know, they established that solid foundation of a relationship between boy and grandmother and then something weird happens to him now i'm gonna tell you about witches because now it's relevant because you have encountered a witch you should know about witches not hey want to know about witches because i need to tell somebody about this weird shit i know for no reason so i just yeah the way they did things for those characters it just makes a lot more sense in the remake yeah like that uh the scene where the witch to your point in a uh department not department store uh the sort of like local shop grocer or whatever um yeah whatever yeah whatever the uh (laughs) the witch that's offering him candy and like the snake comes alive and stuff like that that's cool the original is more true to the uh kind of source material he's in his tree house Mm -hmm. and a witch comes um but like you know the source material isn't that important when it comes to like telling the story so like the remake Mm -hmm. that compelling weaving that into the narration of finding out about the grandmother's past and her own sort of somewhat magical ability yeah just come on it's better it's significantly better because you made me care about the characters so fast because Mm -hmm. he's lost everything he's finally like opened himself to connect with somebody and then like I said, there's a solid foundation for these characters in the remake. So when he sees that witch in that convenience store, this is after like he's already, you know, reconnected with his grandma and everything. So it's like you're worried about him. You're like, no, don't, don't, don't get tricked by that snake lady. Get out of there. And you don't really care about the boy in the treehouse in the original because like he's just terrible actor. Grandma, grandma. It's like shut up. Oh god, it's so bad. It's pretty rough. It's pretty rough. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, it's just uh, one set of one set of uh, protagonists are likable and um, <laughs> act very well. Uh, we've seen them act in different things, like especially Octavia Spencer. And uh, usually, when Octavia Spencer's in something, it's not bad. Um, <laughs> I'm not as familiar with Jason Fisher's works. And I'm not as familiar with uh, the other actors. You know, like look, serviceable, but serviceable is not good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, this is where the remake starts kind of making this inroads um, and these were smart casting choices yeah I'm also not going to just shit on the actors I know there's probably some screenplay issues like that's not how you start a movie you don't start the movie with the grandma just telling a random story about witches so mm-hmm. I'm sure the actors did what they could and sometimes just the script wasn't there um, anything else about these characters? Oh, I, I guess I'll just talk a little bit about Chris Rock. Um, you kind of talked about him. Uh, yes, definitely a much better way to introduce us to the world of witches by having Chris Rock kind of do this fun narration over a slideshow. Um, yeah, that does lead to us doing voiceovers for some of the movie, which, you know, we, <laughs> we were like, mm, voiceovers. But it's not, I don't feel like there's too many instances of voiceovers like i really didn't notice it after a while and it didn't really bother me and it i think it it sort of tricked me when it came to the ending which Mm -hmm. we'll get into because like it's like everything's gonna be fine because you can hear him talking he's talking about when he was a child so i saw the original and the boy came back to human so i'm pretty sure that's where we're going and i was i was tricked you tricked me movie by having the, the chris rock do the narration 
So overall, I, I think it's a positive just because it's the best way we could have gotten introduced to witches. Um, and it doesn't get too heavy handed throughout the film. Yeah, I think the way that they weave it in, um, it works really well. Like I was, like you said, I'm always skeptical of voiceover work uh, right. initially. It felt appropriate when they chose to use the Chris Rock voice. It definitely didn't feel overdone. And uh, it did pay off in the end, to your point. So, uh, um, you know, look, if you're going to do um, a movie, you know, in the modern era, get your star power up, right? Like Anne Hathaway, Chris mm -hmm. Rock. Get those names on the uh, the billing so that people will see your film. I, I'm not going to right. begrudge somebody from picking a, a narrator that's popular, right? Like, if right. Morgan Freeman's narrating something, you're not like, well, why'd they do that? Like, you know why they did that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, and, it, and yeah. you know, it actually worked. It actually worked to tell the story that they told. Right. Yeah. I mean, to your point about star power, like, I wasn't watching the movie, but like I could hear parts of it um, when my wife was watching it. And then like hearing Chris Rock, I was like, Chris Rock's playing the main character? I'm a little more intrigued. So yeah, star power does work. <laughs> yep, yep, 100%. So. All right, um, should we move on to the other characters? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Uh, all right, so um, he's in both movies. I said he's the only protagonist with the same name in both movies he kind of has a small part so i don't know if there's much to discuss but we're going to talk about bruno jenkins portrayed by charlie potter in the original and by cody lee eastick in the remake our overeating boy yeah. <laughs> i don't really know what to do with this comparison because he really has a small role and it's pretty much the same just give me food <laughs> Yeah, he's not a character with much depth. Um, I would say in the original, we get a sort of better and more kind of pronounced um, introduction to the character. Like the uh, Jason Fisher's um, hero boy kind of interacts with him for longer in the film. So we get some personality background versus like the remake. I felt like it was kind of like walk down the hallway and say, hey, who are you? I'm Bruno Jenkins. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bruno. I'm important later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You see, I'm eating. <laughs> I'm eating food. <laughs> so, I mean, um, this will probably be our shortest conversation because there's not much there. Like, huh. look, he's, no. he's kind of like a classic role doll overeating boy character. Um, kind of. Right. He's pretty much Augustus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, this, like, Germanic um, <laughs> sort of chubby boy in, like, you know, a rich boy's clothing. I'm sure Roald Dahl has some sort of commentary about, like, the wealthy in their, like, soft <laughs> But, uh, you know, look, he's there to be the guy that, like, hey, bro, this isn't the time to eat. <laughs> and um, he's there to give us a connection to, like, really just his parents who aren't that important either. But, like, it, it's just, like... The first kid you see get affected uh, by yeah, this, right. this witch so that we know what the stakes are for our hero. Yeah, pretty much. She doesn't really do anything once he's a mouse either. Yeah, uh, especially in the original. I don't really do shit. He just eats. Uh, in the remake, at least he gets a little bit of a more active role. Uh, but we'll talk about that when we talk about the endings. I'll say this, though. You know, he did a fine job. But my favorite part about Bruno in the original is his parents yeah. so maybe we could talk about his parents especially his dad it's like his dad 
is great. Bruno's parents in the original, played by Bill Patterson, who's Mr. Jenkins, and then Brenda Beth Bethin Bethin Blithin. I can't say her name. Brenda Blithin as Mrs. Jenkins, Bruno's mom. And um, they're just great. I mean, Mr. Jenkins is <laughs> just great. He's got this, first off, he's got this really thick Scottish accent. It's like really chewing up his lines. I love it. Yeah. And uh, he's totally enamored with Angelica Houston's Great High Witch. He's like always trying to talk to her, chat her up, just any way he could talk to her. And then always behind him, just giving him the death stares, his wife. And it's just such a fucking funny dynamic that the yeah. two of them have. I, I love it. I love it so much. I, again, that that that's just feels like and this is such a minor character but like that feels like angelica houston's strength right like men of right. all sorts are just like wait a minute what's going on over here <laughs> <laughs> even with your wife like a step away from me was like look i don't know what you want from me like she came in she's wearing the dress she's got the she's got the look <laughs> What am I supposed to do? I'm just a man. Look at what she's wearing. Look at it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, it's not like, look what she's wearing. It's like a full length, like formal gown. It's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> it's, it's that, uh, it's that drawing power, man. Um, and you're right. He's, he's so good. Like when he reacts to finding out his son is a mouse, he's just like, <laughs> the fuck here? Like, I don't know. He, he was, he was great. Um, to your point, I, I don't have much else to say because I can't do the accent. But uh. oh, I just—I I mean, and then like even at dinner, he sees like all the like Angelica using it. What, what kind of soup is that? It's, it's cray soup. Oh, I want the cray soup. I just love the way he says cray soup. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking fun. No, you you go back and you tell the chef to make them one more a cray soup. This <laughs> is so fucking good, man. Yeah. He's phenomenal. He's one of my favorite characters in the original yeah. film. Yeah, no, he's he's a great character. He's a great character. I'm just, I guess, yeah, I'll bring him up because he's funny and like just the wife, just the, the, that death stare she gives just makes it even funnier. And yeah, they're memorable characters and completely forgettable in the remake. It's like, wait, Bruna's parents are even there? It's like, I, I barely remember them. They're there for like the, to scream. Yeah. Just, Especially the it. dad. Like, I, I don't remember seeing the dad until <sighs> dinner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of remember him <laughs> when she kind of opens the purse and like he comes out, but like he didn't really say again. It's just kind of like reaction, you know. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Bruno feels like an afterthought, even more so in the remake. I'm not sure why that is. Um, and you know, I guess we might as well talk about um the other mouse because like that's not. In the original film, so we might as well just bring it in okay. here. I, yeah, we can do that. I was just, oh, sorry. Okay. I was just gonna say one more thing about Bruno's parents. I just, <laughs> I really like them. Uh, I remember when Bruno's, um, when they meet up with the grandmother, he's like, Where's your parents? I gotta take them to your room. Well, actually, now they're out for cocktails, and he, he knows exactly what type of drinks they drink. They always drink at the same hour. Or just, I don't know, something just knowing those details about his parents just makes them so interesting to me. Yeah. I need to know more about Bruno's parents, please. Sorry, I love those characters. Go no, on. They're, they're great characters, and even, like, um, his mother kind of, like, admonishes him, like, she's like, you've been sneaking food, you know, like, it's just, you're right, for for characters that um, aren't in the movie long, 
and really aren't like super important. You know, no, no, they're no. like you mentioned, they're more memorable than our protagonists. So mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I enjoy talking about them, you know. Um, we just don't get that in the remake. And I think it's because they made this choice to have uh so the the hero boys mice in the first movie are William and Mary, which is a great, great reference. I love it. Um in the remake, it's Daisy. There's one mouse mm-hmm. in unexplained. I don't understand. Daisy is uh, can talk. She was a girl at some point. And unlike these other characters who are actually children that have voices, this one's voiced by Kristen Chenoweth for some reason. <laughs> and I don't... <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> so, it sounds like you really like this edition, Reggie. Um, yeah, so let's go into her history just a little bit. Um, this is when, I guess she's revealed uh, when Bruno first turns into a mouse because uh, mm-hmm. our young protagonist is just watching and he's got Daisy with him. And then Bruno turned into a mouse and they're going to crush him. And then she's like, I got to do something. He's like, you can talk? <laughs> and then that's what we, we all said when we were watching. She can talk? <laughs> like, right. that's weird. So she goes, she saves Bruno. The protagonist turns to a mouse and she goes and saves him. And then we kind of told a little bit of backstory. It's it's okay. I'm an orphan, so you don't have to feel bad about me. <laughs> it's like, okay, I guess I don't have to worry about you the rest of the movie. And you really don't because she doesn't really do much after that. And yeah, that was a funny point. That why is Kristen Chenoweth if <laughs> she's supposed to be a kid too? I don't know. That's, that's a bizarre choice. Well, um, uh, you know, talking about the ending, like because of how the first one ends, I'm like, well, how are they going to address? this you know um and uh great thing is they didn't have to <laughs> so like i said I mean, <laughs> don't worry about it i just thought it was again i'm i'm going through it in my head and it's just so weird because you've got two young kids who we saw right. being kids and we saw mm-hmm. become mice we right. didn't see this orphan daisy no. um and it's she's really voiced, mary right right and She's not voiced by a child. Um, she's voiced kind of like the same way Chris Rock is. And that was confusing. Mm-hmm. Never gets cleared up. And um, I I think the only reason to have it there is so that, like, if you're, like, a young girl watching the movie, you might have exactly. a character you can rally behind. But, like, it's such a – it's a throw-in, shoehorn character that um, – mm-hmm. Actually, by even doing it, it's like, who, who's that for? Like, really? What, you know, like, is that really like something for like a small child to draw on? Like, I want to be like Daisy or Mary or whatever. Like, I just, you, you never made her a person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's uh, only been a mouse and she only stays a mouse. And yeah. We don't. Like, if you like somebody, like, I know it's not maybe age appropriate, but like, the grandma's pretty cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> woman that's that's something and it's like Kristen Jenner was not even a little girl either so what <laughs> I, 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 I was confused um but you know what I kind of like that I was confused I, I as much as I'm kind of shitting on the choice I'm like you know what don't explain it like this is <laughs> this is a weird thing to put in your movie but I, I'm with it so I just wanted to bring her up because there's no other place to insert this character yeah. oh yeah absolutely I mean she's um she's just 
yeah, just a weird choice. I think you're right. I think they did add her just so like little girls can like, oh yeah, okay, that one's a girl mouse, so I'll root for that one, I, I guess. But like, she is so shoehorned in and just doesn't really do anything until the ending again. But I feel like you could have just done it with the protagonist and Bruno. You didn't really need a third mouse to tag along. And then like her backstory is just so easily put together like i'm just an orphan so yeah you don't have to find my parents or anything don't worry about it. don't worry about me at ever i'm good yeah. it, it just felt so lazy and it's like well if you really wanted to you could just easily make the protagonist a little girl like you didn't have to be a little boy could have easily been a little girl and then you got bruno still so then little boys can relate to that one little girls can relate to little girl protagonist like if you really wanted like that balancer to draw in like more girls i don't know but it was just yeah, I think it was just poor planning overall. And then, like, the whole thing, like, they addressed it in the movie very poorly. But, like, I didn't say anything because I knew better. I didn't want to get caught. <laughs> like, I didn't want to be found out. Because every time I try to talk, like, people, like, get freaked out. It's like, even after you heard her, the grandmother, <laughs> explaining that their witches are real. And then they could do all these things. And they like, you heard... She told the story about how her friend turned to a chicken. Like, she could have been like, holy shit, I'm a person too. And yeah. she could have easily just spoke then. But for some reason, she's like, I knew better. It's like, that seems like lazy writing to not, not be talking. Uh, yeah. It was lazy writing because there, there's so many, like, on-ramps for that conversation. Like, whether it was at the convenience store with uh, mm -hmm. actual magic. Um, you know, it, it, you're right. It, it didn't make any sense. I don't know why they did it. Um, I pretty much just compartmentalize it in my head to just say, like, like we mentioned, this is like a marketing thing. This is so that, like, there's something for everybody, quote unquote, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but it just, it didn't really work. And uh, the character, I mean, okay, there's some bravery here and there, but like, so what? Like, who are you? What, yeah. Why are you here? Yeah. You, you grab somebody by the tail and you ran. Like, why are there three of them? <laughs> why? It just, uh, there was not enough of an addition for that character to make sense. And right. I hate like I hate to be like this, but the casting choice of Chenoweth is just confusing. Not that yeah. he can't voice act, but it's just like, why is she voice acting this small child? Like mm -hmm. I would have liked That's her as like point. um oh sorry. I would have liked her as like the witch's assistant type character that we saw in like the original. That would have been kind of mm -hmm. cool. Yep. Yeah, that makes more sense. But for some reason, they cast an adult woman as a yeah. child mouse. <laughs> and that mouse doesn't, again, just kind of like the grandma in the original. Once she hits there, then she kind of just stays there. I'm just a talking random mouse. Okay, yeah. great. Welcome to the team, I guess. You're not going to have any character development the rest of the film, okay? Just letting you know that. Yeah, it's a strange choice, but uh, it's a choice that they made. It's a choice that they made. I mean, no, she's not a terrible character. She just... No. She's just an overall unnecessary addition because the the movie is going to move forward with or without an extra mouse, you know? Right. And right. she didn't bring anything, really. So it's, it's like she, she had more of a connection to the Grand High Witch or something or, I don't know, just gave them some insight, some information that they never knew before. Maybe would have been worth it, but she doesn't really do anything to help progress the that the plans or give them ideas you know it's all the little protagonist who has all the ideas and he's the one executing them for the most part so yeah he's, she's just there he's very the protagonist as much as he, 
he's not as good in the original. Like, he's still very uh, proficient, right? Like, once both of these characters sort of put their mind to something, they, they get it done. So it wasn't even like Daisy didn't, like, punch it up or anything. Like, she wasn't like, hey, you got to be brave, you know? Like, she was like, right. I say Bruno, and now I'm second in command, basically. Third, really, because the grandma is uh, you know, <laughs> a true leader. So, I mean, we're saying all that to say that um, the Brunos are pretty much irrelevant. But uh, because of the added fact of getting Bruno's parents in the original, um, even with all this additional mousery and all this other stuff in CGI, the original kicks this, this is ass with uh, the parents. So I'll take those additional kind of character traits over this random mm -hmm. Chenoweth mouse creation. Like it just didn't didn't bring enough to the uh, to the show. Agreed. Agreed. Shall we move on to another character? You had talked about her a little bit. I mean, you could talk about the assistant if you want. Speaking of characters that aren't in both films. You have her laid out here? I yeah. yeah, I have her um, under other characters in the original. Okay. So, yeah. Um, now, hold up. Just so I remember, because uh, I don't want to fuck this up. Miss Irvine, she worked at the uh, hotel, right? Or is that... I don't think she did. No, no that's that, that, she... that was a different one. Yeah, that was a different one. Okay. So she's basically just like her... Kind of assistant. assistant, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um... Jane Horrocks is uh, Miss Irvine in the original. You kind of have this kind of like blonde, assistant-y type of secretary type. Uh, uh, she is the direct assistant to the Grand High Witch, who... Um, mm -hmm. Her character trait is kind of like what you would expect from like a, a sidekick, right? Like, hey, boss, what if we, right. hey, 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 shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Hold this, do this type of character. Um, worked really well to comedic effect. Um, mm -hmm. I thought that uh, she's very good at that. And then got this awesome kind of arc that by the end, she had a redemption arc, which was uh, unexpected. <laughs> Um, yeah, completely unexpected because it came out of nowhere, kind of. Right. <laughs> I bet you didn't see that coming. No, I did because you, you no indication that this was going to happen. Didn't know you were that important of a character. <laughs> exactly, but I feel like we'll talk about that more when we talk about the endings for both of these films. But yeah, she's just a good comedic relief, you know, just mm -hmm. that assistant that whose ideas keep getting shut down she's always complaining she's like what this sucks man school sucks you know <laughs> and uh you know she works um it's nice to also just have somebody for angelica houston's character to just kind of interact with you know yes. so she's not always alone it kind of makes her feel more important because she has to have an assistant kind of taking care of the day-to-day -day while anne hathaway is like the only one kind of right. doing everything so it just again just elevates angelica houston and yeah just not an important character and well until the end but uh right you know it's funny but but to your point also kind of important because uh i think that that is the advantage that angelica houston has in this film is that she gets to play off of people like it's not like right. angelica houston's got the best kind of like mic game she's not the best like i uh, reading script or anything like that you know she comes in she does her uh her job but like by having her be able like you were saying before dominate and play off of people and like like i said get out of my way hold this <laughs> shut up you know like 
like said, it just elevates that character so much. And like Anne Hathaway, her character could have used something like this, right? Like, um, I, I would have, again, as a screenwriter, I would have done something with like, maybe like a kind of mousy assistant with glasses that's like running numbers. And then Hathaway is just like garlic the whole time, right? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, like Hathaway's performance is hampered by the lack of support. Right. And uh, I think that goes actually even into our, our next character, the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, we have to talk about yes. this guy. You want to do it? <laughs> yes. All right, we're, we're going to the hotel managers. We got the great Rowan Atkinson as Mr. Stringer, and then Stanley Tucci as Mr. R.J. Stringer. I guess he got a couple more initials in the remake. Yeah. Um, yeah, go on. Go on. I, what was your point before? I, well, <clears throat> Roman Atkinson is phenomenal in this movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's so, so good in the movie because he, he like plays all these different roles, right? Like he... He's a direct sort of uh, antagonist to the kids. Uh, right. Like, complete, like, not even, like, underling, just like a... He, he's scary to the kids. He's nothing to Angelica Houston. <laughs> <laughs> he's got this running bit, which, you know, I see why that's not in the film, where he's, like, um, engaged in relations with uh, uh, <laughs> one of the housekeepers of, of the film. And like he, I don't know, he just played this role again, a comedic role, so well. Where it's like mm -hmm. he's constantly having to like juggle plates. It's like, I, I, wait a minute, okay, I know we just got done with whatever we were doing. <laughs> wait, that kid's got that mouse. Oh shit, Angelica Houston, excuse me, Angelica Houston needs me to uh, to open the door. You know, like he he plays this kind of like um, busy, overwhelmed character. Mm -hmm really well um and again his sort of manic response to everything elevates <laughs> everybody right like he he made the kid more important because now the mouse is important the, the mice aren't important but roman <laughs> important. and he's foreshadowing so like if people t may or may not turn into mice um we know that we got somebody that has a direct beef with that um and, you know, like, again, the way Angelica Houston plays off him, he just, like, he's this kind of, uh, he's an alpha, like I said, he's an alpha in this situation. He's a beta completely when uh, this, right. uh, the grand high witch comes into play. And it's, it's, it's great, dude. It is, it is a fantastic performance. Uh, just one little thing, though. You, are you saying Roman or Walt Rowan? I'm probably saying Roman. And that's <laughs> All right, just be careful in the future. I, I mean, it sounds close enough. I think you can get away with it. Yeah. But just, uh, yeah, just letting you know. No worries. Um, yeah, overall, it, it, you, you brought up, actually, you did bring up a great point. You get to see him being like that kind of that villain with like the, the, the dark face, like, what are these mice doing in my own? Hotel, just picking on the little kid and then just becoming like a sniveling little coward <laughs> when Angelica Houston like demands anything. He's like, okay, yes, yes, we'll do that. We'll do that. And yeah, he just really he got, has a nice range 
in this movie of what he gets to do. And, you know, the guy who played Mr. Bean, who didn't fucking talk at all, it's it's great to see him, like, really be able to act here. And I, I love that little side relationship he has <laughs> with the, the the maid at the hotel. He's like, well, what, what if it was her? No, it wasn't with her. I was with her all afternoon. I mean, I, mean, I, mean, I, I, I saw her <laughs> earlier. And then she puts on the fucking thing, and then he's, like, going to kiss her neck, and she's got a little fur there, and he's like, ooh. The, the, the look of disgust on his yes. face when he discovers yes. that patch of fur. It's like, dude, I, I gotta go. I got, yeah. I got Mr. Bean things to do over here. So uh, it's great. And he like, he can turn it on like, like that. Like, there's the scene at the end where they're all kill, all the employees are killing all the mice, and he's like, go nuts. He's like, just like with the yeah. little hacksaw or whatever that thing is. He's, he's chopping up mice, right? And yeah. then like the grandmother's like, excuse me, what's up? He's like, he's like, oh yes, how may I help you, ma'am? Like nothing, right. nothing's happening. I am here to help you out how can i help you it's like it's so great how he's able to do that so fast this comedic timing is perfect in this it, movie. it's perfect in this film yeah rowan atkinson is just so strong in the film and like you said being able to hit that switch is is like something like even uh the thing with the uh the um the housekeeper or you know whatever the official title would be so who who is he hiding this from <laughs> Like, you're the top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, he is the, yeah, he's at the top, right? <laughs> yeah, from, like, it just, but it's funny, dude. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> I, I loved it. And what, what's a shame is that, like, Rowan Atkinson, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that performance from him, right? Like, it just was such a strong performance that when I saw Stanley Tucci in the remake, I was like, oh, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> we got Stanley Tucci in this movie, and he's just, eh. <laughs> eh. yeah, like he's he's in the movie. <laughs> I, I I think he's such a good actor that I was like, mm -hmm. why are they underutilizing him? Like we saw what you did with Rowan, like that would have been cool to have him and Anne Hathaway kind of playing off each other, but he just he doesn't have that. Like I mentioned, that alpha moment. He doesn't have any real beef with the kid, right? Like. Right. At least nothing so pronounced that it it struck me as had to be addressed. So it's like he's just kind of confused by Anne Hathaway when she talks. That's kind of it. <laughs> and they have a back and forth about garlic. Um, I'm sure he does other things in the movie, but I really struggle to remember them. <laughs> um, and I just didn't have he, that problem. He brought with the oh, yeah. I was gonna say he brought the cage for the cat. And then she was like, it was a, it was a funny beat. She's yeah. about to tell him off. How dare you? And then soon as like, she's like ready to tell him off, like the cat just hops right in. And she's like, you traitor. And it's like, I was like, that's a, that's a funny beat. That was a funny but beat. you know, they're few, they're few and far between, especially compared to what Rowan did. I'm just thinking of another great Rowan scene when the, when the boy mouse goes up the chef's leg and then uh up his pant leg and then he's like freaking out the chef he's like get it out get it out of me certain thing the Rowan is like give me that I'll stare just take off his pants <laughs> and like the, the guy the chef is just crying like a little baby because a little mouse going up his pants and the Rowan Atkins is looking through the pants it's like he's like nothing much in there <laughs> it's just like yeah. oh man the way he delivered that line is so good man and that chef is funny too man i'm just remembering There's so many good side characters in that yes. original film that you really don't have in the remake yeah like that original film had that super shaky start <laughs> like <laughs> super shaky but then um by building out all these different characters it worked really well like again i you know when you're talking star power okay I think you're just starting to throw names on the list 
so that like when you get the uh, the marquee or the right. poster, the trailer, oh, Chris Rock, I wonder what he's doing. Stanley Tucci, Christian Chenoweth, I wonder what they're doing. Well, they're not doing anything. <laughs> it's it's the Anne Hathaway show, which is fine, right? I got no problem with being the Anne Hathaway show. Mm-hmm. But why'd you get Stanley Tucci? You could have got like some like no name to be right. the hotel guy. If you're if you're gonna get a great actor like that, use him. And I just felt like he was underused. Um, uh, like you said, the cat jumping in the uh, the cage scene was good, but it like few and far between. Um, Rowan Atkinson really got to stretch you know he got to mm-hmm. he got to do a lot with that character and i was i was sitting there like oh here comes the tooch <laughs> tooch again and then uh you know it was it was flat like I think it was more of a screenplay thing than anything else like he didn't have anything to do right yeah agreed it's uh yeah it is a shame because he's a really good actor and I'm, I'm just trying to think of any more scenes he did and yeah, it's just the limitations of that screenplay. Because, like, you could have done so much, like, because they're in Alabama in the remake, and then there's so much, like, you could have done, like, like some hot southern hospitality kind of, like... Yeah. I don't know. You could have just had a lot of fun with that, I feel. Just, like, they had fun with, like, the uptight British uh, yeah. hotel manager. Like, they totally went 100%. Like, okay, this is you. Just just play, Rowan. And they're like, yeah, he did. He did a great job. <laughs> Everything. Oh, yeah. And then Stanley Tucci was just... Yeah, just... Not really there. Yeah, I, Didn't like to it. your point, um, with the southern thing, like uh, I recently watched, like um, is again an aside, but I recently watched like Daniel Craig and like Knives Out. Um, I saw him in, like Lucky mm-hmm. Logan, and like you got this guy playing with accents and stuff like that, and it's like, all right, you let Anne Hathaway go just wherever she wanted with her accent, which was uh, I think works. Like the fact that it like shifts and it's so out there, I thought that that was like. <laughs> compelling um nothing for anybody else and it's just like yeah let, yeah let the big dog eat you got the toots <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. but whatever you know yeah, uh, this southern accent is it's there but it's so underplayed it's it's really not pronounced like he, i really feel like if maybe he just leaned into it a little bit more like right. really went for that southern like oh so oh, that's my southern oh. accent sorry yeah, <laughs> sorry who okay. has an accent <laughs> No, it was like, yeah, it was like, okay, you have the accent, but you're not playing it comedically. You're playing it like you're in a right. serious kind of role. Um, and I guess if you really wanted to play him like uptight and serious, then you got to have him interact with the kids more. He's got to be more of this like antagonist there. And he's just not there enough for anybody mm-hmm. for him to really matter in the grand scheme of things. And Rowan Atkinson's character had like layers of where he could have possibly derail different people's plans so he, right. he's just a far more important character and his uh his comedic timing to your point was phenomenal dude. like a great character mm-hmm. yeah i mean i got i got nothing else to say about that it's just it's just a great performance <laughs> <laughs> very strong all right that pretty much is all the characters all the main characters worth discussing in both films so we can go on to some other areas maybe we could talk a little bit about the special effects yeah because that definitely plays a big role we already talked about the makeup job and what a great job they did in the original film but we did not talk about the puppeteering of the mice and just what they did in that original film because again no cgi so the puppeteering looked pretty friggin' solid 
And they would switch between the puppets and actual mice because you couldn't get a puppet to like run up a what like a wire like a mouse could. So they the cuts they did like just that seamless integration or just the way they were able to seamlessly blend like the puppet and the actual mouse in the original film. I think it was really impressive and just overall the puppeteering looked really good. Yeah, it it looked really good. Um, you know, of course, with some of the limitations that comes from you know, puppets. I think that they overall looked really good as puppets and read well. Um, going back to, like, Jason Fisher's performance, like, unfortunately, he made it hard for me to connect with uh, what was going on, you know? <laughs> but, because um, to me, it felt like, man, we're doing this mouse thing for quite a bit of time. But as it was going, visually, I'm 100% with you. I thought that, like, right. the right. shots that they took, like, how they made it feel like you were in that mouse world, that you were the mouse kind of along with them. I thought that uh, bang up job. Like I had no complaints about the way it was shot. I think it was done extremely well. And I thought that there were a lot of great camera tricks. Uh, you know, most yeah. of my beefs about the mouse were voice acting. And yeah. that's not anyone's fault. That's but. not, yeah. <laughs> no. no, I mean, it looks really good. And I'm just, so blown away with like what they could do with the practical effects because let's like i was even thinking it's like how much can you train mice it's like i'm trying to think like how did they get the mice to go exactly where it needed to go and like it, it was so elaborate sometimes uh the paths these mice would take and sometimes you'd have two of them you know yeah. just running yeah. one after the other and it's just like man damn that's impressive and <laughs> they can do that with real to, mice i, I don't to, know. to be able to convey an elaborate scene with a mix of mice and puppets is insane, dude. Like, to, yeah. to have them go through the kitchen and, you know, drop the um, drop the potion, to right. get the potion, like, yeah, they're, for no CGI assistance, that, yeah, no, it's an incredible feat. Um, yeah. yeah, I was just thinking, too, like, even when the mouse is just carrying the potion, I'm like, is that really the mouse, like, carrying the potion with it or is it like an attachment like i'm trying to figure out like how they made it look like this mouse was dragging this potion around because it's yeah again it's just really well done with the practical effects i i still don't know how they did everything they did yeah well uh and this is a bit of an aside but like um uh i'm a fan of like some of henson's other stuff like uh for instance the labyrinth and um mm -hmm. there's this like pretty long documentary about like the making of the labyrinth and like they push it, bro. Like, uh, <laughs> like in Bowie's magic dance scene, there's like structurally the stage that they're on was like dangerous because they're like, we need more puppets. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, <laughs> that, that is the type of uh, of just like innovation that Henson Productions puts in there. And yeah. to this day, dude, Baby Yoda <laughs> is, a, is a puppet, man. <laughs> it works. No. It works so well. It's, you know, a lot of the practical effects in that movie. I, th I, I think all the practical effects in the original film hold up to today's standards. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think anything looks bad. Like, the only special effect I think that looks bad is like those lasers when they shoot them sometimes. Like sure. that. Those didn't age well, but all the practical effects, the makeup, the prosthetics, the puppeteering, like that all aged incredibly well. Like, and I, it still works to this day it's, it's incredible what a testament to jim henson's production company because it's just it's so good <laughs> absolutely absolutely 
And the remake, I think, um, look, they got the job done, right? Like, I, right, right. I think that um, some of the choices that they made in terms of, like, how you become a mouse was cool. Like, the, the purple kind of, like, fart <laughs> <laughs> throws you into the air and your clothes get the... Uh, that War of the Worlds treatment. <laughs> <laughs> the War of the Worlds treatment. Nice. In the archives. <laughs> yeah, check that episode out. Um, I liked it. You know, like, I thought that their CGI worked really well when they were mice, but um, it's just easier to do, right? Like, uh, right. it's easier to do anything, really, with CGI. So, um, the movie made some good choices, like I said, with Anne Hathaway's look and uh, the mice, but, like, yeah, if you're gonna ask me what's harder to do, the first thing, first thing, like, <laughs> that's like that's a skill set. I mean, at this point, anyone can make, uh, you know, enough money. You can make anything happen right. in Hollywood now. Yeah. So, but I thought that artistically, the choices were still pretty strong. Um, I just, you know, I have less to say about it because, like, look, CGI, we've seen it, right. So much easier to do. Um, yeah, it's... I don't know. Like, when Anne Hathaway is reaching in the vent for the protagonist and then, like, her fingers get chopped up, I'm like, oh, it doesn't really matter because those aren't her real fingers. Those are CGI. So right. it's, right. be okay. Um, so, you know, it's, it takes me out of it, but it's but that's because I'm, I'm snobby. I'm snobby. I'm a film snob like that. If there's too much CGI, I got a little pouty. But it's okay. Sure. It, it still was able to convey uh, everything it needed to. And, you know... When it's a movie about witches and magic and all these potions, I guess they're going to go all out with the CGI. You know, it's you have to, um, especially these days. And yeah, I think it looked okay. Like maybe it was overdone sometimes. Like the potion, like did we really need CGI around the potion to make it glow like that? I, yeah. no, no, not really. I don't think so. Like, but sure, why not? I'll go with it. So overall find the cgi but i definitely prefer the practical and what they did yeah so good yeah. so good because if you think about like that original film when uh the witches start turning into mice um you know we're not the ending yet but like that i don't know like i it fluctuates like is this slapstick is this horror is this <laughs> it looks like horror it's horrific up. yeah <laughs> i was watching like yo this is crazy dude and um, there's just, you know, it's not anyone's fault, I guess. But, like, CGI doesn't do that. Like you said, like, you know it's fake. So it's like, yeah, whatever. Like, the hand getting, mm -hmm. like you mentioned, getting cut up is not that important. I thought it was cool that there was continuity. Like, she had the bandages on her hands and the black blood and stuff like that. Like, mm -hmm. that was cool, but not as cool as Angelica Houston's face coming off. And then it's like, oh, wait, let me mm -hmm. snap that. Like, that's yeah. such a better sequence of anything that was in this movie mm -hmm. and um we're talking about a silicone mask man right <laughs> like, like you film anything the right way it's it's cool yeah there's a lot of like kind of horror aspects and a lot of the practical effects in the original film like i was just thinking about like when the boys turn into mice right mm -hmm. they don't just they're not boys and all of a sudden mice there's a full process <laughs> where their faces like they're fully got prosthetics on so look like kind of adult mice human-sized mice which is fucking terrifying to it look is. at because not only is it like creepy like they're shooting it at those like you know close angles that are just overhead and it's like really 
haunting and then they have the the lights kind of going crazy like 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 <laughs> shit nice. so the lights are just fl- yeah that's that's my uh, hollywood effect um yeah the lights are just flickering so it's like completely disorienting and you look at this horrific thing because yeah a human-sized mouse does look pretty horrific um boy mouse whatever and uh it's just wow they really went all out with yeah. the practical effects on that original film it's just it's like when they really go in it's just so busy and manic and i'm like what like what is is what's happening <laughs> right like i'm watching it yeah. and um and i'm just like holy shit this is a wild scene like uh that dinner scene is it's one of the most intense kind of sequences <laughs> that i've seen um you know i've seen a lot of movies man like it, it was pretty insane versus like the remake is like yeah i know i saw kind of the same thing but you know poof purple mm-hmm. right. clothes you know like it was cool worked but um one was memorable <laughs> <laughs> one was like wait a second i i don't see this <laughs> yeah no it was uh it was cool it's um it's also a little more gory the remake yes. um, the original sorry uh, because you see like the mice get crushed or cut and you see like a mm-hmm. uh, weird colored blood it's not red so it's it's not like super gory but it's like i don't know what the potion does to their blood but it's coming out purple all weird different colors man Absolutely. so uh yeah it's it's really intense <laughs> now that i'm thinking about it if you're, you're a kid watching that finale you're just like what the fuck, man? Well, well, that was um, for me, that was a recurring theme across both films, which was like, I'm not sure I know what who either of these films are actually for, but like, I'm, I'm about <laughs> it. Like, I, it's cool as an adult. I'm able to sit back and be like, all right, but like <laughs> that original film, I was like, is that was that for kids? Because that was like you said, that was kind of gory. Like, uh, yeah. he loses part of his tail. Like, that's not um. Right. You know, it, it's a serious uh, situation they're in right there, dude. Like I said, you get to see, like, the effects of, you know, people trying to kill the mice. And it's like, well, our protagonist is still a mouse. And I don't know. It, it worked really well. It worked really well. Anything else with the effects? Or? I don't, I don't got anything much. I mean, you know, um... No, there's a lot of mice themed movies <laughs> from the nineties. There were there mouse, are mouse traps. There was <laughs> um, Mouse Hunt. That was a great mouse, one. Mouse Hunt, yep. Mouse Hunt was a good one. Stuart Little. We we Stuart we, Little. <laughs> we've done the mouse thing, but this is uh, this is a very strong mouse outing. So uh uh put some respect on the witch's name. That's that's all I have left for the effects. <laughs> Sounds good. Next thing I have up is the setting. Uh, Maybe just talk about it a little bit briefly. Mm -hmm. Um, We are in different time periods and different locations. The original takes place in England, and I'm assuming it's modern-day England, so it would be around 1990. And then the original, like we said, starts off with the Chris Rock voiceover, but it ain't Chris Rock in the movie. It's him as a kid. So we're actually in 1968, and we're in Alabama as well. The complete departure from the original source material. Um, Wondering if you had any thoughts about that. Um... It's like I would if it mattered, right? You know, like, it was interesting that um, I thought that from a costume design standpoint and, like, vehicles, like, okay. Like, it was much more apparent, the timeline of uh, Alabama 1968. Um, 
it's also, you know, because of just like, we talked about this in the past, but like race relations in this country, like right. David Spencer going to like some big fancy hotel. I don't know if they're trying, like, I don't know if they're trying to make a statement there. It doesn't seem like it. Um, when she pays all like the bellhops at the end, like, you know, everyone that kind of works in like a sort of subservient role as it were is black. Again, I don't think that that matters to the bigger story. So I thought it was cool because they got to mess around with costume design. I didn't think it really mattered at all. Um, I don't know why it matters when it any of this occurred. And uh, in the original, it just, you know, um, I didn't think much of it, right? Like, it's just yeah. somewhere in 1990. It was like, okay. Like, it felt kind of, like, timeless to me. It didn't really matter when right. any of these events occurred. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't really matter. So, it's just it's so weird that they specifically put it in, like, the late 60s and everything. I was just... It, it, they kind of play into it a little bit in the beginning when, with the music selection sure. um, from the grandmother. Um, but we don't really get that once we get to the hotel. We're just, we just kind of forgot <laughs> that we're in the 60s at that point. So it doesn't really do anything. And like, to your point too, it's like, it's a black family in, you know, Alabama in the 60s. I don't know. It might just be because I just watched Judas and the Black Messiah, but <laughs> I don't know. I'm expecting, I'm expecting some, you know, <laughs> some questions from the rich white guests about, um, you know, the, who's that black family? Like, what's right. going on here? Like, so, you know, again, it's a kid's film. We don't want to really bring in that heavy um, subject matter, but I don't know. I just feel like well, there, like there not... could have been some way to address it. Yeah, because uh, it's like not there at all, right? Like, yeah. um, other than like the porters and stuff being like, oh, where you're staying here? Like, but even right. that was like, what you know? Um, yeah, I, I just uh, don't know why it was set then. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe to get like this sort of like grand sort of like old school hotel type of setup, but like you could do that any era too. Right. Um, there, there just wasn't really a reason for it, so you know. I don't dock points for it, but I'm also like not sure why waste your time with the outfits and stuff like that. Like, because even though it was 1960s, it wasn't like they really leaned into the era that hard either in terms of costume design. Like, um, Anne Hathaway basically wearing something like Lady Gaga would wear today, right? Like, yeah, it, it didn't. It didn't feel like an old movie. I, I, I don't know, just. Yeah, it didn't feel like the original Casino Royale when they're wearing all those bizarre outfits. Mm -hmm. If they were wearing that stuff, I'd be like, okay, okay, I get it. But yeah, um, like I would forget it took place in the 60s sometimes just because when you're in that hotel, it's just, it doesn't feel like the 60s at all. So I don't yeah. know, I just, I feel like it's not really necessary to say that, well, this is in the past. Like maybe because it's Chris Rock narrating and you have to explain how, how it was a kid in the story, if it's an adult talking now. Yeah. But I feel like there's a way around that. You don't have oh, it to. Totally is. Yeah. It totally is. And so, I mean, like, it's okay. I mean, it gave us some good music, but ultimately it doesn't really matter to me. Yeah. Yeah. And like, if you're going to, again, like going back to like a Tucci type character, and um, you could kind of make that guy more villainous because of like, the race thing, right? Right, yeah. Like, it, like maybe know. he's a little more, like, watching them a little bit more because, like, well, what are they up to? They're obviously not rich, so maybe they're going to steal. Like, you don't even have to make it about, like, race. You can just make it uh, a social economic thing because yeah. they're, they're 
clearly just not rich. So how are they here? I mean, I know because like one of the chefs was like her cousin or something, but right, like right, he could right. still just be like, yeah, a little Snoopy around her. Yeah, but they like we said, they treat her like anybody else, which is I good. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, it, you know, uh, given the setting, I'm like. Uh, even that's kind of off-putting, right? Like, why is everyone so cool, man? <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's a it's a minor thing. Like, uh, really, the only difference is the U.S. versus England at that point because the timeline doesn't really matter. But that doesn't matter because everyone's accent is all over the place, so it doesn't matter mm -hmm. where you are. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> all right. Think it's time to go into the endings, Reggie? Yeah, let's do it. All right. I guess we'll start with the original. Okay. Um, let's start. Let's start where everybody starts turning into a mouse. I guess. Sure. So the kids put the formula into the soup. Um, the one chef is a witch. We find that out as he's pouring it, and then she decides to drink the soup, and then she starts like acting all weird and twitching. And she again with the prosthetics, they put her in like just some light prosthetics to give her a little bit of an abnormal looking face and she looks kind of mousy and she's kind of freaking out and then she like runs out of the kitchen she's like trying to warn everybody it's like it's it's in the soup it's in the soup it's in the soup she runs right to the headmaster witch and she just crushes her thinking it's a child which is like great because like <laughs> this person was going to save you you just killed them and now you're all screwed so that was a really nice touch and again we got the the gore of the mouse is just everywhere <laughs> ruining that beautiful carpet and um luke has to get out of the kitchen somehow so um the grandma like knocks over some glasses and then uh, Rowan Atkins Rowan Atkinson has to get like a, a brush from, from the back and Luke's in there so he brings it he puts it on the table and then when she puts Luke in her purse she's like oh pretty red and then another great Rowan Atkinson moment he just looks at her like yes red <laughs> like give me that you fucking weird woman right I just had to I just had to mention another great moment by him and uh so pretty much as you expect like all the witches are eating the soup they're eating the soup and uh they all start turning to mice sure enough and uh one by one they're all turning to witches and then the grandma just starts getting closer angelica houston's like this kind of like wow fuck <laughs> what's happening around me and then she has this great moment where she sees the grandmother grandmother says something and then angelica houston's just pointing at her with the spoon like very menacingly yes it's i just love that moment she's like i got a spoon and i'm gonna point it at you because <laughs> this is all i could fucking do right now it's it's hopeless at this point it's a great little moment for her she turns into a mouse sure enough the grandmother covers her with the huge mug and then another great Rowan Atkinson moment she's like uh, excuse me pardon me he's like, oh yes 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 oh there's a really nasty one over there he's like oh thank you man <laughs> good day and then he runs over there sees that huge mouse and then he just chops and you don't see him kill it but you see the blood yeah just yeah. Ugh. <laughs> like <"Ugh." laughs> this is great so great facial expressions throughout the whole movie so the all the witches have turned into mice and most of them if not all of them are dead um 
the Bruno's parents are have accepted that that's Bruno, and they actually were like, okay, that's not look, it's a little Bruno. I just had to do the, the accent one more time. Sure. It's a little Bruno, <laughs> and uh, so he's back with his family. Luke's like, wait, Grandma, one more thing you got to do. We were like, what? We don't understand, and um, whatever. We cut back to home, and something gets shipped to the house. It's all the money in that suitcase plus uh, a notebook of like all the witches in, in America and yeah. just their location. So they're going to, they're going to take it to the road and take out all the witches. And Luke has kind of adjusted to his life as a mouse. The grandma's house is set up to all this cool stuff um, for a mouse to have fun in. So um, well adjusted. He sleeps in the Ghostbusters uh, <laughs> toy, which I loved as a kid. That's I awesome. thought that was so cool. And you think it's going to end there, but nope. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is where the original just takes a turn. And uh, suddenly, uh, Miss... What's her name? I want to make sure I get it right. Miss Irvine just randomly shows up and decides, all right, guess what, little boy? You're going to be human again. And suddenly, Luke is made human human again and she also brought his glasses and william and mary as well so it's all tied up in a neat package and you're like okay sure because <laughs> happy endings it's an ending that really comes out of nowhere it comes out of nowhere miss irvine's inclusion at the end of the film is just random she has not been established enough for her to even be here <laughs> you know um <laughs> And, you know, it's, uh, I guess it works, but you're right. It just feels, that part feels like it's so out of nowhere that it makes, makes you kind of question, <laughs> uh, the ending a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because the book ends that the protagonist doesn't turn back into a human. He stays a mouse right. and rolled doll um when he saw the screenplay or saw the film he didn't like that the boy was going to turn back to human he was really mad about that so they actually shot an ending where the boy stays a mouse and that like brought him to tears he was like so happy to see the true ending and then they went behind his back and yep. put up the other ending that we have now and he disowned the film he said i don't want anything to do with this fucking film and he almost walked off completely and um I think it was Jim Henson that like just held him. It's like, just, just stay on board. Okay. Trust me. Just, just do it, man. I'm, I'm doing a lot of work here, man. Yeah. So <laughs> right. just trust it. But ultimately, yeah, that ending comes out of nowhere. It's not true to the original source material for a movie. That's been pretty true. Um, yeah. There's through a nice Hollywood happy ending and it's, it's pretty weak. It was a very weak ending um, from that perspective. Cause like, like I said, Miss Irvine, now she's got like this good witch of the East vibe to her. Yeah. <laughs> Cars like got like a glow to it. And she's like, hey, ding. it's like an Orbitz commercial. I'm like, what was that about? <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? Um, now the, the remake, to your point, uh, after the witches start kind of becoming, you know, they eat the soup. Um, it's not the Creole crab soup. <laughs> the, 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 the cray soup. <laughs> Some split pea shit. That doesn't sound good at all. <laughs> That's split pea bullshit. Um, uh, you know, like I said before, like when witches turn in this movie, it's far less like 
that kind of like shaky cam grotesque you know thing mm -hmm. um <laughs> they do like like i said they get the uh, the purple farts and they they fly up the air <laughs> and like, it's a cool effect uh it's a cool effect and it does ground it in more of like children's film okay we know right <laughs> we're not just chopping up people that were just people <laughs> um and you know it works it works really it works really well um for what they're trying to do the grand witch actually makes her way to their uh their actual room like she is not turned in this confusion and then we get this whole other action sequence where her foot gets caught in the mousetrap and then her Big mall gets all open and they they throw cheese. The whole thing is confusing. They throw cheese. They throw <laughs> mice with potions and uh they turn Anne Hathaway into um into a rat. And there's still a chase sequence with her as a rat. She's like going through them. Yeah. Um, she's chasing while they're running through mouse traps in the room. And uh, Octavia Spencer's grandma sticks her under one of those like a clear see-through container. Um, mm -hmm. And Hathaway's characters still fighting it through and through, so throw some <laughs> heavy books on it. <laughs> you know, so far, so far, so good. Um, they bring the cat from the previous scene, who mm. kind of, in a way, kind of fits our Miss Irvine role because the cat was getting kind of bullied by the boss, and now, <laughs> now Anne Hathaway's a rat, and uh, we get this off-screen death where the cat um, <laughs> takes her out, and. Uh, the kid's like, did you hear that, Grandma? And she's like, I didn't hear nothing. <laughs> 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 Which is cool. It's super cool. Um, we then get this. So there's a couple things that happen. Bruno, uh, his parents are like, still like, nah, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer basically adopts Bruno. She adopts Mary, Daisy, whatever you want, Christian Chenoweth, whatever you want to call her. Um, <laughs> That was his name. Kind of true to the original story, the hero boy asked how long mice live, and she's like, "Oh, I don't know, three years." But a human boy rat thing, <laughs> three <laughs> times as long as that. <laughs> and we get this. I think it's cheesy, but decent enough montage of like they're doing like post uh, postcards of grandma through. Right. The years. It's nineteen seventy. I'm in front of Mount Rushmore. It's nineteen seventy two. And the RV that they're driving has like these like stickers or tags on them for all the witches <laughs> that they killed on their journey. Because I did skip some some stuff. They retrieved the uh, the suitcase full of money. Um, these witches just had money in the remake versus counterfeiting in the original. <laughs> Which, oh, is know. that what it was? I didn't even know that. Okay. Yeah, she like was printing money basically. Who knows? Who cares? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I had no idea. But yeah, they took their witch money, they took the witch address book, uh, which is consistent between two films, and they've basically mm -hmm. gone through America and took out all the witches throughout the years. Um, mm -hmm. Which takes us back to our opening sequence of... Hey! <laughs> huh? Chris Rock, a room full of kids in the slideshow, and an older, grizzled <laughs> <laughs> Chris Rock rat is like, and now what we're going to do is we're going to take our show on the road, we're going to get these witches... Globally, and it's like cool. The grandma's still there. Chris Rock's older, so we still get kind of Roald Dahl's vision of like his whole thing is like I don't want to outlive my last support, right? In the ideal world for the hero boy, 
his grandmother expires the same time he does. Um, right. Kind of a dark ending that they didn't want right. in the 1990 <laughs> film. I get that. I respect that. <laughs> um, but they did it in a way that like didn't feel rough, right? Like it felt okay no. in this remake, you know? Like didn't seem morbid really. Like, okay, he lived no. the life that he wanted. He's still chasing witches. Uh, the grandma calls him an old timer. He's like, you ready for this one last mission? He's like, hey, I'm ready. Mm -hmm. And it worked. <laughs> I'm surprised it worked. <laughs> Yeah, it, it works really well. I think because they don't really focus on the end, like, oh, mm -hmm. one day we're both going to die. I think they just, again, you, you built that strong foundation of a relationship between the boy and his grandmother. And then, you know, what did you, you build on it? You, they're still doing it, you know? They're, after all these years, they're still together. And that's there's something really sweet about that because she was all he had and he was kind of all she had. And still together after all those years, even though he's a mouse, it's, it, it works. It just, it just works. <laughs> um, and it's I'm glad that they did the original book, uh, that ending, instead of shoehorning in this, oh, now she, you're just going to be a human boy again. The the passage of time sequence, the rats in, engaging in like different, or mice, whatever, engaging in different activities with the grandmother. So you see all three of them smiling <laughs> and happy in different locations throughout time. Um, it doesn't feel like anyone's life has been shortchanged, even though it kind of has. Right. This little boy right. is now a mouse, but like, no, he's he's enjoying this kind of uh, dark witch hunting in uh, <laughs> a radicalized youth to go out there and take out <laughs> these uh, uh, women witches or whatever they are. But like, it, you know, there's just something like like I was saying earlier. There's just something about it that. Okay, all right. Yeah, uh, you got to keep the spirit of the original. You got to keep mm -hmm. it in this fun space. Um, they didn't like age out Octavia Spencer so that she looked like she was on her last legs. In fact, actually, right. they made it the opposite, where the kid looked like he was right. more on his way out. And I didn't feel bad about it. That's that's hard <laughs> to pull off. I think just that humor factor of like the kids being like, hey, what do we do with the witches? We kill them. Like, <laughs> there was something fun about this, what could be like gory or tough subject matter. And I think that um, one of the shining points of this movie is the way that they were able to do the ending well. Mm -hmm. It's good. Yeah. It's a good ending. I think overall the ending in the remake is really strong. I'll even go back to when they have to fight the Anne Hathaway's character in the hotel room. I like that there's one more final showdown. Yes. That it's it's it is our protagonists at the end of the day who have to go mano a mano with the witch. And then they were able to use Bruno and Daisy to you know set the mouse traps on the floor while our protagonist, you know, launched himself and was able to drop the formula into her mouth. So you had you know, the grandmother gets to get her face-to-face -face one more time with the witch that turned her friend and obviously her grandson into a mouse. And uh, you get uh, three mice kind of getting their revenge. And, like, now you're going to get a taste of your own medicine. I really liked that. And, you know, it's a little cliche in Hollywood, but I I 
liked it. <laughs> I liked that they did that. And it gave, you know, Bruno, who didn't do anything in the original film once he was a mouse, it gave him something to do. And, you know, Mary's not the greatest addition, but at least she did something too. She was also able to help take down the head witch. So I really liked that final showdown. And, you know, now, and then like the mice face off, like when she's a mouse, she's tasting them like a little yeah. bit elaborate, a little much, but I still liked it. I'm like, yeah, let's, yeah, let's keep going, man. <laughs> I'm having fun here. This is a fun ride. And, you know, you, you cap it off with that ending um, with Boy and Grandma, where we kind of started, and it's it's tight. It's a really tight ending, and I really enjoyed it. I think yeah. I prefer it. I mean, I absolutely prefer him staying as a mouse as to him becoming human for yeah. random reasons. But I think overall, like, the confrontation with the the head witch, I, I would like that. I mean, it doesn't have Rowan Atkinson killing her, and, you know, acting the way he does, but it's still really strong overall yeah. I, I would say that like and I, I fluctuate because uh just the content of the scene i love how unhinged uh the dinner transformation sequences in the original but they uh they lose some of that goodwill with this absurd kind of randomness um uh, right the remake I think the dinner scene isn't as strong, but you're right. Getting that one-on-one -on -one face off, getting to get everyone to have their role in winning the day and staying true to the book while doing it in a way that like, I think any age group could feel okay with this. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, they address his mortality. Like, you could just not address it, you know? Right. But, like, they did it in the style that Roald Dahl kind of, like, wanted. Like, this was ultimately mm -hmm. a story about this parental-type figure, and you know, the grandma and the boy. It's their story. They've gone through this tragedy. They fought witches. And, you know, ultimately what he wants is to, his last days, to coincide with his grandma because he doesn't want to lose her. Um mm -hmm. I get the 90 film not wanting to address that. In fact, I think that's not a dumb choice. Uh, but the way they did it was not right, um, ultimately. Right. But the remake just... The remake thread the needle in the ending in a way that, like, I got to give them the, the nod in terms of how the films end. Agreed. And I, uh, and I honestly don't think... Like, if they did that in the original, like, the, I don't know if the actors could you know, handle that, and I def they definitely didn't establish that the relationship was like that, that the boy just needed his grandmother, and then he would be okay passing the same time she did. Um, that would have been really weird, and it would have felt like it came out of nowhere in that original film, but it yeah. very much fit into the remake. The, the original, once Angelica Houston's gone, the movie's over. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> movie's over. Like, that was the movie. <laughs> you know? Um, first, like Anne Hathaway, who like once Anne Hathaway's gone, you can fall back on these two strong characters. Exactly. Yes. That's it. <laughs> That's the difference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, we went over the endings. We went over all the characters. Um, went over effects, setting, anything else that you wanted to talk about? I think I'm pretty good. I think I'm good too. Um, all right. I think it's verdict time then. Here we go. Okay. Reggie, should the remake, which is 2020, exist? So going back to like that nostalgia factor, I definitely didn't have that with uh, the original film. 
So there were elements of where I was confused, especially the in, the beginning. The beginning was a rough <laughs> start for me. And the ending was like, we just went over that. Like, not the strongest. Um, everything in between, though, there's some really compelling stuff. Um, tonally, I was confused about the original in terms of what they were going for, because it was that mix between, like, humor and the grotesque. Mm-hmm. But I think overall, like, the movie got it done, so I had to, like, use my 2020 fil- 2021 filter and be like, you know what? If I watch this in 1990, this is actually stronger than a lot of product <laughs> I saw <laughs> at that time. So, uh, the original, very interesting, very interesting movie. The remake. There's some uh, there's some weak spots. It's, it's choppy, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. they make improvements in the protagonist, and I think they tell the, the grandmother and the the boy story better. I think they don't do as good of a job of like the aesthetic of the witches. Um, like I thought lo- lo- losing the uh, purple eyes, I thought that was like, what, why would you take that out? Let's <laughs> keep that. that that's kind of cool. Um, I, I just think that like the, the explanation of the witches in the portrayal is stronger than the original. They did some interesting things in the remake, but it wasn't as strong. I thought Anne Hathaway was good, but Angelica mm-hmm. Houston was better. I thought Rowan Atkinson was much better than <laughs> Stanley Tucci. Um, but because they were able to do that grandmother and boy story, because they were able to kind of keep the movie tight, it wasn't like overdone. Um, there's enough there. It's not my favorite movie, um, but it was strong enough that it should exist. Uh, it's a modern take on this old film. If you got a choice, you know, go watch the original. But um, there's certainly, for a new generation, this is a telling that's a little bit closer in some respects to the book than the original movie. Although, overall, if you take the ending out, the original movie is closer to the book. So um, I... I fluctuate, right? Like I, I find trouble with both films, but I think that uh, Anne Hathaway's performance and the performance of the grandmother and the boy are strong enough that, like, yeah, this is worth watching. You know, especially if you're mm-hmm. like, I saw an article actually where it was like, yeah, if this was an airplane movie, it'd be perfect. It was like, yeah, this is a <laughs> airplane <laughs> movie, you know. <laughs> so so it, it it should exist, um, barely by by mouse mm-hmm. size standard <laughs> by a mouse. <laughs> nice yeah i like i said i watched the the original when it around the time it first came out got a lot of nostalgia for it um yeah it's some great things going on there the highlights definitely angelica houston the the special effects rowan atkinson after that and maybe actually some of the side characters too i'll say it one more time <laughs> um, a lot of stuff to enjoy there but you know the end of the day our main characters are just terrible in that original film they just there's nothing to latch onto there i you get really given nothing um with those two characters and i'm really glad that the remake was able to like fix that like well let's let's tell this the right way let's let's really establish a relationship between the boy and grandma that really matters that makes you care about these characters and yeah, I did care about the characters and I went on that journey in the remake and yes, there was issues. I, I don't like the heavy CGI, but I guess you can't avoid that these days. And unfortunately, Stanley Tucci, a little underutilized, but our protagonists were 
worked and I was happy with the ending and I didn't know that was the original book's ending but I thought it was a really sweet ending and then I found out that's originally what the uh, Roald Dahl wrote so it did enough and yeah I think it absolutely should exist and I know I said before oh that original film is definitely made for kids now after our discussion and just talking about like the effects and just like <laughs> how things look maybe it's not and if I had to suggest one of these two films for kids I would definitely suggest the remake yes. just because that seems a lot easier on the palate especially for an impressionable youth so I think it's I think it's really great that this film exists I don't think it's like a great film but i think it's great that roald dahl's original vision really gets to be seen to, to the end you know that because that ending that connection the the boy and the grandmother it's, it's just a really sweet story and it's nice that they were able to tell it so well on the remake because they did not tell it well at all in the original film there's still a lot i like about the original film but um that the the main characters have just done so much better in the remake so yeah it, it should exist absolutely yeah, I think, I think you nailed it. It's like, um, it's that give and take, right? I think your assessment that if you were like, hey, I've got a small child and I want them to watch a film about the witches, uh, right. it, it's going to be the remake. <laughs> now, if, if you're asking like uh, an adult friend that's like in the film and like film study, yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah man, you got to watch this original one, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You got to see yeah. those effects. You got to see Angelica Houston. You guys, Rowan Atkinson, just killing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 definitely a recommendation to adults. I don't think I'd show the original to kids. Yeah, Angelica Houston's so good in that. that yeah, movie, she's man. she's fantastic. So Real riches use magic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about poison? Po poison? What what the what does this look like, motherfucker? We're witches. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. It's great. Nice, man. All right. Um, so that's the review of The Witches. Uh, definitely let us know what you guys thought. Uh, if you saw the original, have nostalgia for it, feel free to chime in. Um, if you don't think the remake should exist, if you think those characters in the original were to portrayed well, that boy and grandmother story, and you love those characters, let us know. Um, what are we going to do next, Reggie? It's your pick this week. Yeah, let's see. Um, I think we should do something because we've been in this space. Like our last one was kind of black exploitation. Before that was action. This was sort of like children's fantasy and stuff like that. I think we should probably kind of get back into like the real world a little bit. It might be time to watch Cape Fear. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. Wow, card. Just like the ending of the original. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, I'm down. I'm down for some Cape Fear. A little yeah. Scorsese, again, <laughs> after our departed. Yeah, I just, uh, I kind of want to do like a full reset here. And uh, this this might just be the jarring <laughs> change that, uh, that this uh, podcast needs. <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right, so our next episode is going to be Cape Fear. And that concludes this episode of Retro vs. Remake. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If, if, what's that? The cray. <laughs> the cray soup. Um, yeah, so if you're watching on YouTube, please leave a comment. If you're on the social medias, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all at Retro vs. Remake. Feel free to follow us. 
Um, if you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star review. It'll help us greatly grow the channel. Reggie? Yep, I'm Reggie Parker. You can find me at RP Comedy on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, guys, really appreciate you watching the videos, making comments. And um, if there's any suggestions, you know, feel free, throw them at us. Uh, we're listening. There's, uh, there's some in the, the queue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that does it. I'm Dan Bulick. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Retro vs. Remake.